0: What is your relationship uh, with Zexie uh, or Zexie Lee? How long have you known her?
1: I've never met Zexie Lee except oh. for when she was recognized as a community builder at City Hall uh, by City Council.
0: Okay. And did you ever also assist, and I'll move on uh, to yourself, uh, Counselor, but the, with the distribution of the release agreements and the request uh, of the protesters and truckers? Uh, To leave under the asbestos of signing a release from the injunction and claim that was filed by Ms. Lee. You're asking me? Yeah, did you? I did not. Okay, thank you. Those are my questions for you.
1: Thank you. Counselor,
0: (laughs) so I understand that uh, you do know Ms. Lee, is that right?
2: Yes, I met Ms. Lee about a week after uh, the occupation ended.
0: Okay, but. Prior to that, uh, I understand that from some of the information that you were handing out some of those uh, leaflets for them to sign and to leave. Uh, If they signed it, they would be released from uh, the class action lawsuit if they left. You were assisting with that.
2: Yes, that was, um, not had, at the time, I had not met Zexie Lee. Uh, I had friends who uh, had been working in the community, and uh, I agreed to go out with them to uh, try to uh, encourage some of the people who were parked on Kent Street to move along to avoid uh, being part of that class action.
0: Okay, thank you. And I think a lot of these have actually, my friend has got through most of them. Uh, when did Chief Sully advise you that uh, he needed 1,800 officers? Do you remember when that was?
2: I can't tell you when it was. I do recall that he said that.
0: Okay. Uh, would you say, would it be fair to say that he asked for that around February
2: 8th, 2022? It. It would be fair to say that I, I can't say that that's the exact right. date. Yes.
0: And so just, just to clarify, so when you made that motion in the special counsel meeting with respect to having uh, the Ottawa police service be taken over by the RCMP, that was on February 7th, 2022. Is that fair?
2: That's correct.
0: Right. And why did you choose the RCMP and not the OPP?
2: At the time, um, it was uh, I was desperate to do anything to uh, bring order into the residential areas. Um, I saw the area around uh, Parliament as being the responsibility of the federal government, and that is why I um, asked for uh, federal assistance, which was the RCMP.
0: Right, and. In some of the, the records, uh, a colleague of yours, uh, I believe you know him, NDP member Provincial Parliament, Joel Hardin, he was uh, contacting uh, members in the community and members in the council trying to raise money for the claim of this lead. Do you remember that?
2: I don't recall that, no.
0: Okay. And one more question actually uh, for you, Mr. Fleury, uh, you had said earlier in your evidence that individuals and persons couldn't live in the space where the protesters had set up. Is that right? Yes. So how did the protesters live there?
1: A, a, a big rig, as you know, is quite a significant space. And what we saw was very creative uh, ways to to live in those spaces or in the cab. or so. Yeah, I mean, so not sure where you're
0: I'm. These individuals that are living there in the area, of course, are in their houses and as well as in their apartments, correct?
1: Who are the individuals in this you case? You said it wasn't
0: livable for the residents, correct? Correct. Right. But they're living in their houses, and these truckers and protesters are living in their trucks, right?
1: You're saying that, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, you would also define the trucks as weapons? Yes. Okay. And how were those weapons used to assault anyone or hurt them, other than the, the horns and the diesel you've already spoken about? Is that it?
1: The, the the physical nature of the vehicle, which is quite large, and the combination of those are, are, are a, f- a form of a fortress, a form of a weapon.
0: Okay. So it's your view that a truck sitting on the side of a road with somebody sleeping inside of it is a weapon.
1: Nope.
0: Okay. So.
3: Oh my goodness, friends. That is Brendan Miller. He is a lawyer with the freedom court, um, just committing his second murder of the day. They're going to invoke the emergencies act on him. If he's not careful, um, he's just a phenomenal lawyer. And he asks these like, Plain language, common sense questions of these absolute crazy people who are testifying at the Emergencies Act Commission. They call it the Public Order Emergencies Act Commission. We're calling it the Trucker Commission here at Rebel News because really that's what it is. The Emergencies Act Commission is designed to examine whether or not the government had any sort of... uh, Justification in invoking an anti-terrorism law on peaceful protesters. I can't even believe I'm saying that in our nation's capital to euthanize a street protest of bouncy castles, hot tubs, uh, concerts, shinny hockey, and uh, soup kitchens and street cleanups. But the problem was they were, you know, embarrassing Trudeau internationally, and they remained peaceful all the way through no matter what sort of force was brought to bear on them and what sort of lies were told about them, they were peaceful the whole way through. They had their bank accounts seized. They had their property seized. They had their trucks towed and still completely peaceful. And today is the second day of the hearings. And we saw a rotating cast of absolute loons (laughs) testifying today and, uh, Brendan Miller cut through them like a hot knife through butter. It was really something to watch today. Um, we're going to go through some of the things today and break down what we saw. Those two people there that Brendan Miller was cross-examining, that is, uh, if I recall correctly, that's Matthew Fleury. He's a city councillor with the City of Ottawa. And the other one there is Catherine McKenney. She's a councillor, and she was while she is running to be mayor. God help you people in Ottawa if you elect that woman. Uh, Those two testified today that they sent a series of letters to Mayor Jim Watson, who is not known for his restraint, demanding that the Emergencies Act be invoked, or at least they wanted to Emergencies Act, these people. They didn't have that language, though. What they wanted was martial law after six days of the protest that's how quick they wanted a crackdown to be done. Um, they wanted, uh, a curfew imposed on the city. So while they're sitting there complaining that people couldn't go about their lives because of the weapons of the trucks, the fortress of the trucks, <laughs> a laughable joke, all of Alberta would give these people a heart attack. Um, but they wanted actually the whole city put under a curfew. So, uh, the whole reason they wanted the Emergencies Act invoked was because of the inconvenience of a traffic snarl. So, their plan to just imprison the entire city, uh, you know, like, like pick a lane. You can't complain that the city is imprisoned by trucks and then want a law to imprison everybody in the city in their homes uh, because you don't know how to deal with this. Uh, they also, this I didn't know, but I think what a horrible, horrible, evil bunch of people. They lobbied actively those two maniacs, and they lobbied the city to reduce the temperature in the idling bylaw. so a lot of these more progressive, ridiculous cities they have a bylaw wherein you can't idle your vehicle until it's under a certain temperature, as though people are just out there wasting gas just idling their car at plus twenty two anyway um they had the city reduce the temperature like drastically so that the truckers, if they idled their trucks to prevent themselves from freezing to death, they would receive a, a substantial ticket. Those two had that done, but the police to their credit, I think it was under former police chief slowly, who seems to be uh, um, a level-headed individual and to I think is no longer the police chief there because he wouldn't do the things those sorts of maniacs wanted him to do. They were upset because the police were not going around and enforcing that idling uh, prohibition. So they were mad that the police were not going around ticketing people for not freezing to death. Bunch of humanitarians these people are. Um, Earlier in the day, We saw, um, some people from the business community offering testimony. Um, her name was Natalie Carrier, although I'm sure she says it with a very French accent because she did that whole, um, Alec Baldwin's wife thing where she forgets to use the English word, even though she's been talking in English all day. Um, so we heard from her and Kevin McHale. He's also a sort of a president of a business association. Those two, uh, There's a lot of white saviorism coming from those two. Uh, Natalie Carrier testified repeatedly that she was concerned about racialized people in the business community and the LGBT community and business owners and LGBT employees. Because um, in a stark admission of her own bigotry, she felt that these people could potentially be harassed or discriminated against because of their race or their sexual preference but she's was assuming bigotry on behalf of other people based on their political stance which actually makes her the bigot but anyway she said she was really concerned about the people who worked at the starbucks because she said there's a lot of gay people who work at the starbucks i hope she didn't out them but um uh, it was just fascinating because then she also testified that or didn't give evidence, or I guess you don't need evidence in these things, you can just give anecdotes, which is what I listened to a lot of today. Uh, she said she never gave any instances of anybody ever being harassed or discriminated against because of their uh, race or sexual identity, which was um, quite something. Um, I guess you can just make things up out of whole cloth. Um it's just a very interesting day. The day started off, the first two people who testified were um, people who were behind the lawsuit against the truckers. Um, and one lady said that she had was forced to go to sleep. <laughs> I laugh because I'm from Alberta and I'm the only person in my yard who doesn't drive a diesel vehicle, but even my 16-year-old daughter does. And um, she said that, She had to sleep in her bed wearing a mask because of the fumes of diesel out on the street. I mean, that's just crazy. It's minus 20. Close a window. Why do you have your window open if you're worried about diesel, but you think your paper mask is going to stop diesel fumes? Give me a break. Um, And then the other lady, uh, I forget how to say her name, but uh, Zexy Lee, Uh, she was the key lady behind the No Honking Injunction. She testified today that actually she wasn't deterred from going out on the street. And uh, she listed some of the horrors she experienced at the hands of these truckers. And one of them was people telling her to smile underneath her mask. So I don't know. I, I, I My takeaway from the day is that I hope our enemies in the world's bad guys are not watching this commission hearing because... Ottawa is apparently occupied by the most um, soft-handed, soft-bellied people on the planet. People who will die if you misgender them. Um, we should throw to some clips, though. You've probably heard enough from me. Um, what's our first clip of the day here, Olivia? Um, oh, very first one, very important. By the way, if you'd like to send us a a paid chat to help keep the lights on, because we are not crowd fun- or we are not funded by Justin Trudeau to report these ridiculous anecdotes verbatim as though it were like the worst terror attack to ever happen on Canadian soil. We're approaching this skeptically like normal people would. If you'd like to pitch in to help us, uh, you can do that at truckercommission.com. We have a rotating cast of uh, journalists who are going to be staying at an Airbnb and in Ottawa so that just like the convoy itself, we will be covering this from beginning to end because you absolutely just cannot trust the mainstream media. Their flawed reporting actually has been uh, instrumental, at least according to the government's uh, own submissions that they relied on the flawed reporting of the mainstream media that this was some sort of foreign-funded operation, which meant that they could invoke the Emergencies Act to euthanize the truckers' protest because uh, that would be a sort of jeopardizing Canadian sovereignty, having all this, like, foreign actors, or at least foreign funding flowing into Canadian actors in Canada. Um, now, the whole point of this commission is to examine the actions of the government, not the actions of the truckers, although you wouldn't know that if you watched the testimony today. And, you know, the buck stops at the top. So if the Emergencies Act invocation was not justified, should heads roll? Yeah, you'd think so. I mean, it's the single largest civil liberties violation in Canadian history. You think somebody might be held accountable if they got it wrong. But oh, no, 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 not Justin Trudeau. Let's roll to that clip.
2: over 30 days, you know, when it's all wrapped up and the commissioner, if he finds that uh, the there was no justification for the federal government to invoke the Emergencies Act. Should there be consequences for the federal government, including your
4: resignation? But We knew from the very beginning uh, that invoking the Emergencies Act is a big step. It had never been done before, but given these unprecedented illegal protests, uh, we needed to take action. We took it in a way that was measured, that was responsible, that was time-limited, and we knew full well that there needed to be a public inquiry. Canadians need that level of transparency and accountability. Uh, and that's why uh, we launched this inquiry, that's why I'm so happy to be, that I offered from the beginning uh, to be part of, uh, part of appearing at this commission, uh, and we're going to make sure that Canadians see uh, the situation we were facing and how the tools we used were appropriate. If it's found that there was no justification for it, again, what, what should the consequences be for that? I think the important thing is for Canadians to understand uh, the the situation we were in and the choices we make. We didn't enter uh, into using the Emergencies Act lightly. We used it uh, with a sense of uh, it was the necessary tool at the time. Uh, We used it in a way that was measured and proportionate. uh, And we're really pleased that the Commission is going to be able to hear from all these witnesses and that was why I offered to appear
3: he didn't offer to appear he was subpoenaed and he didn't offer to have the inquiry it's built into the invocation of the act it's an accountability measure built into the act that if you invoke this thing you're going to have to answer and produce reasons for it and it's very specific in the act that there are things that limit the behavior of the government it has to be a like the to invoke the act, the situation before you has to fit into a very specific box. And that box is like this big and the convoy is all out here. It does not fit into that box, no matter how you try to shoehorn it into there. But if you listen to Justin Trudeau, I think this is going to be just another learning lesson for all of us, right? Just like Blackface, just like all those trips he took with the AgaCon, it's going to be you know something we can all just learn from. He makes the mistake and then we just learn from it and pay the consequences. And I think it's very interesting that he said that it was measured and uh, the, the response of the federal government was measured and it was sort of in line with what was happening in Ottawa. Bouncy castles. He invoked a terrorism law on bouncy castles. But for him, that's in line because the real emergency was his reputation being harmed internationally. And that's what these truckers were doing. They were embarrassing him on the international stage. And if we know anything about Justin Trudeau, he likes to be the uh, leader of the progressive cabal globally, although he's falling out of favor these days. Even his progressive friends think he's as ridiculous as I do, I think. Uh, Now, I alluded to this next video. Um, This is an Ottawa resident. Uh, Let me just bring up her name here. Her name is Victoria Delaronde. And she is, I think, purposefully, I think she's selected because she is a sympathetic character based on her health conditions. But, and I hate to use the language of the left, I think that's quite ableist, actually, to assume that uh, people with health conditions like blindness or uh, you know being frail, that they can't lie or make things up or be a hypochondriac, or be ridiculous, or be an exaggerator and a malingerer, which is exactly what I think this woman is. Um, Let's roll that clip about how this lady said she went to bed at night uh, while the trucks were in town.
5: But the idling continued under my window, just with these huge vehicles, the sound of the idling echoing down in the canyon of our, our buildings all night, so there was no respite from uh, an assault on hearing. I tried to wear earplugs, but they kept falling out. And and then I worried if I wore an earplug, I wouldn't be able to hear the smoke alarm. I wouldn't be able to hear if somebody was pounding on my door to evacuate because there was something, a fire or an explosion outside our door. So I was caught in between and of course i slept with a mask on because of uh, because of trying to abate the smell of of the uh, diesel and the other smells that were coming up and in, in through the vents but the
3: that woman is ridiculous <laughs> she slept okay first of all she slept with the earplugs in and then the earplugs kept falling out those little foam earplugs that you twist when you go to the gun range or if you're like on the tractor you twist them you put them in and then they unfurl in your ears those were falling out really but then she said she couldn't wear them because then she was worried that she wouldn't hear the smoke alarm she that her building would be set on fire these people live in constant fear and anxiety but that's not everybody else's problem that's not a reason to violate the civil liberties of peaceful protesters um i, I just I think whoever brought them to testify this should be deeply embarrassed of bringing that woman out, trotting that anxious, frail woman out to make her the face of the anti-convoy sufferers. She said Diesel was seeping in through her vents. Is she crazy? She has to be crazy. You know, like does when the a delivery man pulls up to drop stuff off at her Tim Hortons, Does she just like have a conniption in the parking lot? These, I've never seen a bunch of people so scared of trucks and everything they own got to them on a truck, but they're just live in fear of these big vehicles. Like I said, if they ever set foot in Alberta with our trucks and our tractors and our heavy haul equipment and our, you know, just the way we live, they would die of anxiety attacks. Obviously. Be walking around with masks, thinking they block diesel. I'm just, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. I can't even believe it. Uh, let's move on to the next one because I also alluded to this um, when I was just doing my quick debrief of all the madness, just the madness today at the uh, commission hearings. Um, this Ottawa resident, this is the Zexi Lee, who uh, you'll you'll see in a in a further clip with our friend Young William Diaz. Um, anyways, let's, uh, let's throw to this clip because she was testifying to just the horrors, the horrors people that the good folks of Ottawa had to live through when the truckers were there just having fun. What it must be, it's just a boring city, by the way, the truckers seemed fun. Uh, I think maybe that's what these people are most upset about is that they just came and lived free and had fun and they just couldn't believe it. But anyway, uh, she testified that uh, people were talking to her about her mask. And so terrorism, I guess, you know, seize those bank accounts. Let's roll that clip. Further to that, it was
6: unpleasant to say the least to exit my home, but it was something I did anyways as I didn't feel like it was the whole situation was wrong, and I felt almost a little bit of a defiance, wanting to go outside and continue to live my life as best I could. And when I did, oftentimes I was harassed for wearing a mask or being—I was told to smile more under my mask or, you know, just these kinds of comments that wouldn't have otherwise occurred. And on a quiet, normal walk, day by day, um, and. I think what was one of the worst things was whenever you chose well whenever I chose not to engage with the individuals that were occupying uh my neighborhood they would they would blast their horns at me with a smile on their faces and then they would cheer in unison
3: That's the worst thing that happened to her <laughs> Somebody somebody honked at her um but yeah, she's detailing the horror. So they, first they want you to believe that they're trapped in their house and too scared to go outside because of the intimidation of the fortress of trucks. <laughs> I love that. Um, but then they, she obviously goes outside. She's not intimidated. She, they're talking to her. They're not hurting her. They're not harming her. They're not making sexual innuendo at her. They're just telling her to smile more and telling her that maybe she doesn't need to wear a mask outside. She was outside. That's the worst thing that ha- she said. She literally said one of the worst things that happened to me was that somebody honked and scared her and then they laughed. I wish. <laughs> I wish that was like the worst, most traumatizing thing that happened to me over the last two years. But um, anyway, must be nice. Now you see that she's testifying indoors next to I guess that sickly lady beside her she's not wearing a mask uh because she wants everybody to see her face she's like a celebutante, right like she's she's the one that brought forward the honking injunction she's a community activist uh she's this uh progressive powerhouse they'll have you believe in ottawa except insofar as maybe someone's going to ask her some questions But uh, she didn't give up on loving to wear a mask outside. So pandemic's all but over, even I think the left admits this. But uh, I'm not sure why she wore that mask outside. You'll see this in a second. Is it to show that she's still taking everything seriously? (laughs) Was there a pickup truck nearby with diesel and so she had to wear a mask? Or was she trying to sneak out so that our uh, William Diaz didn't see her? But either way, there will be no sneaking around Ottawa while well, William Diaz is on the case. Let's throw to that clip.
1: Miss, you specifically stated that crimes were happening due to convoy, yet the crime rate in Ottawa dropped by 90%. Why'd you keep lying about that? Why, why'd you keep lying about this? Hey,
2: whoa, 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 don't touch me. Don't,
4: put your don't touch me. In You're I, I, I I was, was intimidating. You're intimidating. Oh, What's <laughs> say?
1: Miss, why do you think excessive honking means she she means that go the government comment. should strip citizens away from we're, their rights? We're,
6: we're I didn't say you're not allowed. She has no Point to comment. Continue ignoring yeah, your questions. Don't Thank you. You.
3: Perfect. Thank you, ma'am. Isn't that something? She could go sit in that commission, give the most ridiculous anecdotes, say horrible things about people she never met. Accuse them of you know being terrorists, basically, that's what this is all about. But the second somebody asks her, why did you say those things? Why did you accuse people of criminality when the only even the police reported crime statistics say that crime actually went down while the truckers were in the city, why did you say those things? And she doesn't want to answer you know, and if. A mainstream journalist got shoved the way our sweet William did. Boy, oh boy, they'd be having a full-blown Rachel Gilmore-style conniption on Twitter. But it happened to our guy, and so it's perfectly fine, you know. That co- saying William is being intimidated by asking questions, where he starts off with addressing her as Miss. You know, he didn't call names. He, William's not aggressive. I think he's aggressively polite. Um, which is exactly how I like him to be. Um, But yeah, uh, she, outside of that commission where the questions are friendly, she doesn't have a damn thing to say. And I think that says a lot about these people. Um, We should move on to our next clip because this is really something I have never heard an adult man use the word microaggression as frequently as I did today without even a bit of irony. Like I would hear somebody, I've heard people say it Um, To make fun of people, he used the word microaggression, like these, like it used, I think it used to be called passive aggressiveness, uh, but now it's microaggression because, you know, you control the language, you control everything, um, including the meaning of the language. So this is Ottawa city councilor, the guy who wanted the curfew and wanted people to freeze to death in their trucks uh, or face a ticket the guy who wanted martial law in the nation's capital. He wanted the feds to take control of the nation's capital after just six days complaining about microaggressions. And he said it multiple times. Again, these people should be deeply, deeply ashamed of how fragile and unresilient they really are. They're still suffering from honking dementia. Anyways, let's roll this.
7: Look at the video that the constituent sent to you, it's at OTT 3014416. Um, And Councillor Fleury, did you receive similar emails regarding impacts from your constituents?
1: very similar daily i I, everything that Councillor mckinney is describing is what we were both hearing from any resident that was within the red zone or on the periphery of the red zone plus uh, a number of microaggressions that are described people were scared to leave even if they weren't in the red zone and when they they left there was a number of incidents um near near the red zone which created additional anxiety the noise the smells the the fumes uh, non-stop.
3: I have two teenage daughters, 13 and 16, and I think they are more resilient than this man, <laughs> but stronger than this man and able to tackle the day better than this man. He should be deeply embarrassed. Um, bring back toxic masculinity because that toxic femininity infecting progressive men is just, it's gross. It's gross. If people are scared to leave their house, their agoraphobia does not justify the civil liberties infractions on peaceful protesters. I'm sorry. And if you don't like repeated protests against the federal government, might I suggest you don't live in the nation's capital where the seat of the federal government is? Go to Prince Albert, although that might be a little bit too uh, conservative for these people. But just go to some Laurentian backwater. If you don't want people showing up to protest Justin Trudeau, that's where he works. They're allowed to be there. If you don't like people exercising their civil liberties in the place that houses our democracy, sorry, you're in the wrong town. You just are. Um, continuing on with Matthew Fleury who for some reason, by the way, um, just as we were coming on air there, oh, I lost my my earbud. Um, Just as we were coming on air, Matthew Fleury, uh, for some reason, decided he was going to respond to a question asked in English by Brendan Miller. That's the trucker's lawyer. He was going to respond in French for some reason. He has responded in English all day. He has been questioned in English all day. But once the trucker lawyer started asking questions, then all of a sudden, and we've got to pull the bilingual card for some reason and respond in a language that Brendan Miller doesn't speak and uh, I just thought what a what a microaggression, right? Wouldn't you call that a microaggression? I guess it is, right? very least passive aggressive and um I don't like when men are passive aggressive. it's so unbecoming. Uh, but uh, speaking of unbecoming men, let's continue on with uh, Matthew flurry um because this guy, I just, all of Alberta would just send him into a tizzy because he said the trucks were weaponized. Let's go to that one.
7: Councillor Flurry, you, um, you, had, you had used the term um, weapons when describing the trucks. And here in this video, we see some unsafe behavior. It appears to show a truck driving in the wrong lane against traffic on the sidewalk did you observe um, uh, any kind of unsafe use of the trucks, or what? Did, can you expand on this notion of weaponizing that you mentioned earlier?
1: Sure. Uh, I was describing earlier uh, the Byron Market, where on weekends there would be uh, the surge of, of of folks, and obviously we we have we're used we used to protests in Ottawa. We're used to events. We uh, we're used to Canada, where hundred thousand people come to the downtown core and. And, and celebrate our country. There's enough parking. There's parking underground. There's parking uh, uh, in the barber Market. Paid parking. The rules of parking were not followed. People would park in any direction. Would park on sidewalks in a very pedestrian area. If you know the Bywood Market, it's it's small businesses, storefronts. It's it's really clear where you're supposed to park and and uh, where where is, is the pedestrian realm. So. The, the, the surge of vehicles, pickups, is one of the aspects, and we saw that in different areas of, of, of my community. The Biker's Church in Vanny was one area. Uh, De La Salle High School was another one. Uh, along Rideau Street and the Byron Market were other areas. Uh, Nicholas uh, were others. So there's, there's that, those incidents of, of people not following the rules of the road in pickup trucks, which is a different vehicle which is a weapon in itself but the the weaponized description to me is really the rigs who take space on on the on the street and and make noise through the horns that you've (coughs) shown in video the fumes and 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 i know um, reading through the evidence preparing for this we weren't informed of ottawa public health and the risk to to the health but we were getting a lot of complaints from business operators and residents in the area of the smells the intoxication of that, those smells. So the compounding effect of noise, smells, the phys- physical presence, the inability for folks to, in some areas, walk on the sidewalk, walk safely at a crosswalk. Uh, we have, uh, like any community, folks with mobility needs, and getting on and off a curb anywhere and everywhere it doesn't work uh, safely. So that's the description of the weapon, is that that, that truck took space on the road the truck itself created an environment that was unsafe for the immediate neighbors, and made it impossible for the what we what we, what is our responsibility in terms of safety and well-being of, of residents and businesses in our community to safely uh, live and be in the zone.
3: That wispy eggshell man. He thinks that trucks just by nature of being on the road are weaponized because he saw people not following exactly all the rules of the road. How does he survive rush hour traffic? You know, what if a, a big rig pulls up beside him? What if he gets a whiff of exhaust fumes? What happens to him then? Does he need to go on medicine? You know, I'm not one to say that we should put medication in the water. But I'm willing to hear arguments about what we should do with the water system in Ottawa. Uh, We should just maybe take all the strong, um, sturdy, mentally resilient people out of that city. And maybe, maybe we do need to consider medicating the water supply. Although I don't want to think that what I've seen today is indicative of Ottawa as a whole. I'm willing to have my mind changed, but I am very, very disappointed. Ottawa, you did not send your best. You just didn't. Um, we've got a few more clips here. I just want to bring up my screen here. I'm flying alone today, uh, because our team in Ottawa is still working. The hearings are still ongoing. I'm sure they're, uh, the trucker lawyers are being microaggressed against by Matthew Flurry. Um, and uh, Ezra is also very busy, so that's why I'm flying alone today. So thank you for humoring me as I talk to myself uh, for about an hour. Now, that oriz- original Ottawa resident that you heard from, uh, Zexy Lee, uh, it, while she doesn't seem like a very nice lady, uh, her name is sure fun to say, isn't it? Zexy Lee. Um, she uh, was talking about, like the whole time she was talking about how She didn't say she felt unsafe. She wouldn't say that, but she said, I don't feel safe. So she said, when I'm out on the streets, I don't feel unsafe, but I don't feel safe. So like normally that's like, that's how I feel in the city. I'm aware. I don't feel like I can be just like totally unaware of my circumstances. I have heightened situational awareness when I'm in the city, but do I feel unsafe? not necessarily. I just feel more aware. I think that's sort of how she testified to feeling, but she did testify to an incident of violence, maybe battery, maybe assault, depending on how you feel, but it was perpetrated against the truckers. And I'll just let you watch it. It's really something to see because it speaks to the level of madness of these people that if violence is perpetrated against the truckers, it's justified because you don't like having them there. Anyway, let's throw to that. I've got things to say.
7: Can you describe. Sorry, can you describe what you mean by the egg throwing?
3: Well, you know, there were
6: very large trucks parked everywhere. And... In some of these instances, they were parked right next to some high-rise condo buildings. And as a result, someone, some people may have gotten some cartons of eggs and, you know, had their little retaliation in frustration because really what else could they do? Um, And when that incident occurred, I remember the police actually came to my building to inquire about the egg throwing as a complaint had been made by the truckers. And I remember that I felt it as an affront, and that a lot of my neighbours felt it as an affront as well, when they were investigating something like this in the light of everything that was happening to us, and what they were really ignoring um, in a lot of their statements and releases to the public. Um, And as a result, I decided to organize a, a meeting with a number of residents in my building with uh, some Ottawa Police Community Liaison officers, just so we could have a recorded account of what our experiences were and really to, again, diffuse the tension and really concretely say, you know what's happening here. We are telling you this, this is our experience, and we really desperately need help because things are, Things have gone on too long, and the residents, honestly, they had wanted to fight back because they felt that nobody else was doing anything for them.
3: Did you take note of some of the things she said there? She really tried to downplay what was actually an act of violence against the convoy. She didn't like having them there. Now, she never testified to any incidents of violence. She didn't really testify to any incidents of uh systemic harassment she said people told her to smile good grief I bet you she does walk down the street pretty dour when she sees a blue-collar man there um like she's above them and so they get eggs they throw the eggs now I'm not sure if they threw them at the vehicles which is vandalism an actual crime and mischief probably more mischief than Tamara Leach ever got up to and it sounds like she might've been counseling to commit mischief there. You know, if she was sitting in on that and somebody said, oh, we should th- throw eggs. And she says, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's our way to fight back. Sounds a lot like counseling to commit mischief. She just testified to there. And then she says, really, what else can you do? I don't know, not throw eggs, mind your own business, sit in your house and cry. I don't care, but I'll tell you, lady, if one of these leftists hits me with an egg, I promise you, I will tie you in a knot. Um that's if you hit somebody with an egg, that's vandalism. You can't just throw things at people. That's assault. You just can't pick up an egg and hit somebody in the face or the head or the eye with it. But she feels so justified in the crimes against the truckers because they don't get rights because they have the wrong kind of politics that she will stand up and testify to it in a commission hearing in front of the whole world and downplay it all downplay the fact that the only violence i heard anybody testified to today in a long soul-sucking commission was coming from the ottawa residents against the truckers but it is the truckers who are on trial here today i think it's absolutely outrageous and again my warning still remains you throw an egg at me you're going to find out just how hard I work on my fitness levels. <laughs> anyway, um, we should keep going because that same girl, same fragile, just gossamer human being there, who just testified to uh, committing an act of violence, or at least uh, approving or downplaying an act of violence i don't know exactly her role in all of that but she didn't seem to think it was a bad idea and didn't want to talk anybody out of it um they're the ones okay so they're the ones throwing eggs they're the ones plotting against the truckers like getting together in a little group and plotting against the truckers to do things with them or to them but she then says that this was like some kind of lawless movie except her people were the ones being lawless. Let's throw to that clip.
6: I just remember feeling like it was such a surreal sight. It almost felt like you were in something like the purge because it, though I didn't often see direct acts of violence, it was, there was a certain chaos on the streets and That feeling of chaos and rule-breaking and law-breaking gradually increased as things progressed. Um, Yeah. Just, I need a moment.
3: I just remember. She needs a moment. To what? Formulate the next lie? Um, Do you notice there she never said there was actual chaos? an actual lawlessness. She said, there's a feeling of chaos. Again, I don't care about your feelings. I really, I, I couldn't care less about your feelings. She said there were feelings of chaos. And that's why it felt like the purge. She's really the star of her own movie here, isn't she? Um, she's a revolutionary against the truckers because her stupid little friends threw eggs at them. She should be interviewed by the police for the names of those people. Investigate that crime, by the way. Investigate that mischief. Maybe they can spend forty-nine days in jail because of it, like Tamara Leach. Maybe they should have their bank accounts seized, like so many Canadians had theirs. Maybe they should have their trucks towed. No, they, they don't have trucks. Maybe they could have their Birkenstocks towed. <laughs> they can have the Birkenstocks towed away. Um, maybe they can have their insurance. Maybe they have their bank loans denied like so many farmers did but when Farm Credit Canada decided that uh, if you supported the convoy, you wouldn't qualify for a loan. If you were a conservative farmer, imagine that uh, you didn't qualify for a loan from the Federal Farmers Bank. Um, you know, maybe, maybe those people should face the consequences of their mischief. To the same extent that the truckers are facing ramifications because of their alleged mischief. You know what? I don't make the rules, but maybe we should apply them equally. Uh, team in Toronto, I don't know if we have any chats, but, and I'm not, I'm definitely not running out of things to talk about. Perfect. You just sent them to me. That's great. I'll address those before we wrap up the stream. And thank you to everybody who does donate to keep the lights on here at Rebel News and who donates at truckercommission.com, unlike the mainstream media who are just there treating this Zexy Lee like she's a serious individual. They're treating her like she is the victim of a crime instead of someone who at least, according to her own testimony, stood idly by while others committed crimes that she did not object to. Um, We're going to hold these people to account and we're going to put in context just how absolutely ridiculous they are. Just... Deeply, deeply anxious people. And the only way we can do that is by being on the ground there in Ottawa in our Airbnb makeshift studio. And the guys, uh, it is, I guess it's approaching seven o'clock in Ottawa, and they're still working. I'm still getting messages on my phone from William, who has been given her since early this morning, uh, before those witnesses have to leave that building where the commission is taking place, they're going to have to run the William gauntlet and they're not going to get past them. Um, and uh, he Young Man is really showing everybody how journalism should be done. You hold powerful people to account. You don't run cover for them, like the mainstream media. All that is to say, um, if you'd like to donate to help us do all that, you can do that at truckercommission.com and you can see all of our coverage and all of William's great work there. Uh, let's go to our chats and we'll wrap it up at 7 p.m. Eastern, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, We've got Adam Ott. I think this is our friend Adam Ottawa. He sends us five bucks and says, please take me out of Ottawa. The West is calling. You know, that is uh, one of the final great things that Premier Jason Kenney did is he put up these ads in the TTC in Toronto. But he really should be putting them up in Ottawa, too. I feel like there are some good people out there who could really find their footing here in Alberta, but he has these ads that say Alberta is calling, and we talk about our opportunity, our lower cost of living, and our freedom. and you know our big cities have all the same problems that progressive big cities have. The thing is that we do not let our politicians decide who we are and the kind of people that we are. And uh, I know my friend K2, Kian Simone, will testify to that, that even when the lockdowns came to Alberta, they didn't come to the people of Alberta because you couldn't tell us what to do and how to treat our neighbours. So uh, that's the beauty of the West and the mindset of the West. So Adam Ottawa, the West is calling, and I think we'd love to have you. Shauna Marie, G83, five bucks, says... JT, Justin Trudeau, is the most gag reflex inducing, gaslighting, vile pompous uh, ass. If vomit had a face, it would be his. These pathetic snowflake losers are a complete embarrassment to the human race. Like I said off the top of the show, I hope our enemies in the world's bad guys, although I don't think we have very many enemies with Justin Trudeau at the helm because he seems to have a lot of sympathy for the devil around the world. Um, but I hope they're not watching because they know that they can take over Canada without ever firing their shot. They just have to go into Ottawa and honk, maybe roll a little coal, and these people would be in the fetal position on the ground. We'd have to have stretchers of people just heading off to the nut house, so these people could get the medication that they need so that they can get through the day. I've never seen such a dainty bunch of people in my entire life. And I feel like it's only going to get worse. (laughs) It's only going to get worse as the uh, weeks roll on. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for someone from Ottawa to just impress me. Adam, Ottawa, impress me (laughs) because what you guys are putting forward, it's, uh, it ain't great. Anyway, uh, Continuing on, Shauna Marie, G83, five bucks with the name Zexy Lee. I'd say she's probably pretty comfortable on the streets. Now, I don't want to say that. That's just her, that's just her name. It's just her name. Everybody's got a fun name. I have a fun name. Um, I have three names, like a serial killer, I guess. But I just, uh, I just, the lady's name is the least irritating thing about her. Like the fact that she can go there, testify to people she knows committing violence against the truckers joke about it saying well what else could we do i don't know not commit violence is a good place to start (laughs) you know the criminal code lays that out pretty pretty bare uh to downplay what she did and then testify to her feelings and then when someone's going to ask her a prickly question she runs and has a handler Interfere so that she can get out the door, without actually ever having to answer for what she's done and what she said. That's the real problem I have with her. Um, hopefully, her five minutes of fame are over and she'll just go back to being—I uh, don't know what she does. I'm willing to bet it's career student. Willing to bet, NDP activist, career student. I don't know. I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm open to being shocked, but I think she's probably a career student. Um, Well, everybody, I think that's the show, unless we've got anything more behind the scenes there, Olivia. Okay, so Olivia informs me that William is still ripping it up out there. He was able to get the city councilor who's running for mayor, Catherine McKenney, who... (laughs) We didn't have a clip of it, but maybe we'll have a clip of it tomorrow. Maybe it'll be up on our social media, so watch for that. She corrected the trucker lawyer, I think it was, Brennan Miller, for using the word she when she says her pronouns are they. So maybe we'll find that clip. That's very interesting. Um, she also, before we came on air, I was watching. I've been diligently watching all day. She, they were talking about this alleged arson that was initially attributed to the truckers in an apartment building. But as it turns out, it was not. After the police did the investigation, they said, no. I mean, even the mayor said it was attributed to the truckers. It was a lie that went around the world, this libel. And as it turns out, when the police investigated, they said, no, this is just some dude. Just, he's not a trucker. He's not a trucker. He's not with the That's something you can't dispute. He, the guy they got is not a trucker. He's not with a convoy. McKenny refuses, even after charges were laid, to walk it back. She still thinks that they got the wrong guy. She's like the dearly departed Angela Lansbury on like murder she wrote. She solved this crime. The police got it wrong because she feels it. She's done zero investigation. She just feels that the trucker's had to have been the bad guy here, and she refuses to walk it back. Anyway, all that is to say, William was able to scrum her. We're going to show a clip of that on our way out the door. Uh, and there's a full video to follow. Oh, okay, we just tease it. Okay, so we're gonna air... Perfect, I misunderstand, sorry. We're... But I think I set it up well. Uh, so that clip will be out later on. We're gonna have a full video to follow. And you can follow us on rebelnews.com and truckercommission.com and .ca. Um, I will be live tweeting back again on Monday um, when the commission reconvenes. And again, if you want to support our independent journalism, it's at truckercommission.com or .ca.